name. Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Amen. We thank God for his goodness, for his mercy. Amen. Thank God for seeing you here today in the house of the Lord. God is good and all the time. God is good. For what has God done? Great things. <laughs> what has God done? Amen. He has done great things wherein we are glad. Amen. It's an honor and a privilege, amen, to stand here, amen, this afternoon before you. We thank God for life, health, and strength, amen. Thank God for his keeping power, his protection on the highways, amen? Amen. Thank God for being keeping us in remembrance at all times, amen, for we are blessed of the Lord, amen. Look at your neighbor, tell your neighbor, I'm blessed. Amen. Tell them, in spite of what it looks like, I'm blessed in the Lord. Hallelujah. I'm blessed in the Lord. Amen. We thank God for another day's journey. Amen. Thanking him for life, health, and strength. Amen. Knowing that it's because of his mercies that we are here this morning. We thank God for each and every one of you counting it not robbery to be here. Amen. Blessing us with your presence. Amen. It's truly an honor to see all of your wonderful faces. Amen. For if it had not been for the Lord, who was on our side, amen, I don't know where I would be. Amen. But because God has been good to the Ingram family, amen, keeping a roof over my head, clothes on my back, amen, food on my table, amen, somebody to love me, you can't ask for more than that, amen, Jesus Christ, most of all in my life, amen, I'm blessed, I don't know about you, but I'm blessed, amen, is there anybody in here who can clap their hands because they're blessed, who can give God a hand praise because you're blessed, hallelujah, in spite of it all, I'm blessed. Times may be hard, but I'm blessed. Think about the people that don't have a job and then just give God some praise. Hallelujah. Bless the Lord, all ye people. Give him glory, give him honor. Hallelujah. You are here by the grace of God. Come on, say it with me. I'm here. By the grace of God. Amen. That's the reason why you're here. Other than that, you wouldn't have been here. Amen. We'd be looking over you saying, wasn't she a good person? Wasn't he so nice? Remember when? Amen. But if you can be seen, you blessed. Amen. Amen. Talking to a preacher not too long ago, I said, it's good to see you. She said, it's good to be seen. <laughs> Amen. With all these folks going on. Amen. Our keep our deacon uh, Jamal in prayer who lost his cousin. Amen. This week. He's going down to Delaware to the funeral today. Amen. 51 years old. Amen. 51 years old. Amen. Matter of fact, he was in um, Sarah and Jamal's wedding. Amen. When they got married. Amen. 51 years old. He's gone. Amen. And one of um, 
Michelle's cousins, the father of her daughter, he died. He was 41. <sighs> Death has no age limit. Amen. Death has no age limit, saints. We need to be ready. Amen. We need to be ready for the coming of the Lord. Ain't that right, Deacon Nick? We need to be ready. Amen. Enjoying ourselves over at our mother Mercedes' house. Amen. Eating and fellowshipping with them yesterday. Beautiful fellowship. Her and Sister Liza showed us a good time last night. We thank God for them. Amen. I got a good Christmas present from Brother Nick. Amen. Most of y'all may not know it, but I am a kid at heart. Amen. He bought me a racing car set. I was laughing like I was a teenager again. <laughs> I was so happy. Amen. I thank God for it. It's good to be thought of, isn't it? Amen. Amen. Wonderful thing. So we thank God for that. So let's open up your Bibles with me to Luke, the first chapter. Thank God for the word is right. Luke, the first chapter. Thank God for our brother Eric helping us out this morning. Amen. Amen. Good to have him in the house of the Lord. Amen. Luke, the first chapter. And also, saints, I want you to get 2 Kings, the fifth chapter. Amen. Again, Luke, the first chapter. And 2 Kings, the fifth chapter. Luke, the first chapter, rather. And 2 Kings, the fifth chapter. Still under, I must believe God. I must believe God. Me and Pastor was talking this week, and she was saying, well, has the Lord... She has said something to me about a topic, and she said, well, has the Lord given you anything for the new year? I said, yeah. I said, matter of fact, you just got through touching on it. <laughs> Good when God keep you in sync, ain't it? Amen. Amen. You've been married so long, you begin to think alike. I tell you, I understand what it means now to be one. Amen. You think the same. Amen. You think the same. Amen. And especially when you're in the Lord. Man, the thing just worked beautifully. Amen. You just see what the Lord is doing in your life. Amen. I must believe God. Amen. Our topic for the new year is going to go right along with it. Continuing in the same path as God has had us graciously on for, these, for this year, just about. Amen. I must believe God. Your thought for today to take home with you, to work on for the week, Lord, let my attitude glorify you. Again, Lord, let my attitude glorify you. Amen. How many know that when your attitude don't glorify God, that's not a good thing. Amen. You're not pleasing God when your attitude doesn't glorify him. You need to every day make sure that your attitude glorify him. No matter how mad your husband or wife makes you, no matter how mad the children get to you, or no matter how much, listen to this, people on your job get to you, your manager on your nerve, you can't let them change you. By what you do, you have to change them. You should affect them. What they do should not affect you. Amen? 
Amen, amen. You got a driver that pass you by and he flips you the bird, amen. Don't you do it, amen. People curse at you, don't you curse back. They have that. We don't have that luxury. We're not allowed to because we are children of the most high God. And because of that, we are to show more self-control than the world. Amen? Amen. Amen. So, Lord, let my attitude glorify you. Let my attitude glorify you when I go to think about something, when I go to treat certain people that I know is not nice. Lord, let my attitude glorify you. You know, there's just some people that just get on your nerve. Amen. But Lord, even with my dealing with these people, let my attitude, God, glorify you. Amen. Some people, some people will lose their job and get the wrong attitude. Some people get sick and get the wrong attitude. Usually, usually what attitude affects, it affects your prayer life. It affects you reading the word. It affects how you look at others. Amen? Amen. Let's get ourselves together here and let our attitude glorify God. Come on, say it with me. I'm going to let my attitude glorify God. Amen, amen. The challenge for today, it's a little long, so listen, to let the Holy Spirit impart the right attitude in me. Again, to let the Holy Spirit impart the right attitude in me. Amen. I've been getting up lately at 5.30 in the morning, amen, to get out. And I said, Lord, help me keep the good, good attitude about this. Amen. Being out there in the cold, sometimes you pick up, pick up these kids how many know these, most of these children have no respect today? Yes. They have no respect for, they, they don't care you older. They'll tell you in a minute, I don't care. Amen. I pray every day I get on the bus with these, with these children. Amen. Some of them like they're the spawn of Satan. <laughs> Amen. I tell you the truth. Amen. Because they have no, they'll curse in front of you. In my days, we didn't curse in front of grown-ups. Because we knew that we get a beating from them and then went home and got a beating. Amen. We knew better than to get the teacher mad because that meant we were in trouble. But just seemed like today the children have no, no fear of authority. No fear of consequences. Sad. It's really sad. Really sad. Amen. And the generations are getting worse. It's getting worse. I was telling the uh, Tabernacle Purpose this morning, I said, it's a shame. I said, I look at it now and I said, when I walk past and I see two men holding hand walking by me or two women walking by me, my face is like, my God. But listen, saints, in the coming generations, that won't be strange. That's going to be familiar. That's not even going to be looked at as something bad. The next generations are going to be looking at it as it's okay. Saints, we got to pray. We need to pray. 
We need to pray for the generations to come. Amen. Especially if you're planning on having children, pray. Pray. I told Pastor, I said, I'm glad our child rearing days is over. And our children know the truth. Amen. Because as the generations go on, it's going to get worse. The world is not going to get better. It's going to get worse. This is why we got to pray. We got to seek the Lord while he may be found. Amen. Again, to let the Holy Spirit impart the right attitude in me. Amen. We're going to read in Luke first and then go over to 2 Kings. Amen. We're going to start at verse 30. This is the angel Gabriel speaking to Mary, the, the, the carrier of our Lord and Savior, the vehicle that God used to bring our Savior into the world. Beginning at verse 31. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name what? Jesus. Shall call his name what? Jesus. He shall be great and shall be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. And he, listen, and he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there shall be no end. Then said Mary unto the angel, how shall this be, seeing I know not a man? And the angel answered and said unto her, the Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. And behold, thy cousin Elizabeth, she has also conceived a son in her old age. And this is the, listen, and this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. Uh, meaning she couldn't have no children, but she's six months pregnant. Ain't God good? <laughs> Somebody say, God, that's a, God's a miracle worker. Listen, for with God, nothing shall be impossible. Man, we just need to have a shouting service right now. Off of that. <laughs> we just need a dance service right now. Get on the instruments. <laughs> Listen to that. For with God, nothing shall be impossible. Not cancer. Not heart condition. Don't matter. You, don't, you think you're going to die in six months? Uh-uh-uh-uh. For with God, nothing shall be impossible. To man, it might be impossible for you to be able to have a baby and you don't know a man. Not with God. God can put it in you. <laughs> so you can carry his blessing. Listen to this. But this really should bring us to the point that we need to be. Listen. And Mary said, behold, the handmaid of the Lord. Listen very carefully. Be it unto me according to thy word. That's all he needed. Listen, be it unto me according to thy word. That's all the angel needed. And guess what? 
and he departed from her. Second Kings, the fifth chapter. Speaking in here about the prophet Elisha, the successor of the prophet Elijah, he was told by Elijah that if the Lord, if he was to see Elijah taken away as the Lord was going to take him away, he said, you shall have what you ask for. In other words, listen, according to your word, you ask, he asked, listen, for a double portion of the anointing upon Elijah. He said, I want a double portion. Elijah said, thou hast asked a hard thing. He said, nevertheless, if you see me go up, that anointing is going to be given to you. That double portion of anointing is going to be, listen, imparted in you. How many know we need some things imparted to us from the Lord? How many of y'all need to be empowered in the Lord? Strengthened in the Lord? Imparted blessings in your life? Amen. Some of you may need joy imparted. Because when God imparts something to you, he, he grants, he gives you something. He's imparting it into you so that you will have it to go on to do his will. He gives it to you. He imparts that to you. Something no one else could have given you. Because in order for the doctor to get something in you, he has to cut you open. Not God. God is spirit. And they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. And God goes right into your spirit and gives you exactly what you need. He'll heal your body. He'll strengthen you because he works through your spirit, not through your flesh. Amen. Amen. You see these gray hairs? They're here to stay. They're here to stay. God works from the inside. He imparts in your spirit to lift you up. Amen? Amen. So he promised Elisha that if you see me taken up by the Lord, you're going to get a double portion of the anointing anointing I had upon my life. You're going to get exactly what you asked for. According to your word, be it done unto you. But you have got to see me up. And at that time, the two were parted and a tornado came down with horses and a chariot on fire. And the prophet Elijah walked in to the chariot and the world chariot in the world went went back up into heaven. And guess who was watching? Elijah. And as Elijah was watching, the mantle from Elijah came down and he put the mantle on himself. He was empowered with a double portion of the anointing. Means that he had double of what Elijah had because he asked for it. See, God gives you, how many know God gives you exactly what you ask for? Be careful what you ask for, because you just may get it. Amen? Be careful what you ask for. Look at your neighbor and tell him, be careful what you ask for, because you just may get it. 
we need to ask for things that is according to the will and plan and purpose of God for our lives and not just ask for any old thing. We need to be careful because according to your word, be it done unto you. Elisha was a mighty man of God. His successor, his uh, predecessor rather, Elijah was a mighty man of God. Together, together, they were both called by God to bring Israel, northern Israel, back to God. Because northern Israel had become godless. They had become idol worshipers. Worshippers of themselves. Worshippers of statues that don't move, that don't breathe, that don't talk. Need I go on? In other words, they were dead. They became worshipers of these things. You know, and I begin to think about it. I begin to say, Lord, you know what? Some of us worship our attitude. No, we don't have a statue of a God. But some of us worship our attitudes that we have. Why? We nurture certain attitudes we have. Some of us love the unforgiveness. Well, Bishop... How do I love my unforgiveness? Because you won't let go. It's become your God. Because you won't let go of it. Some of you, if you're mean or moody to somebody, that's become your God. You've become comfortable in that which you're doing. Like Israel had become comfortable in idol worship and they didn't want to stop. It was so bad that, um, that, that the two mighty prophets, Elijah and Elisha, could not even get them to repent. And even the one time when Elijah got the nation to repent before God, they repented and went right back to what they were doing later. He, they saw fire come down from heaven and lick up the altar and everything on the altar. And they all begin to say, the Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God for that moment. See, just like some of us come to church and dance for that moment. Some of us come to church and cry for the moment. What we need, saints of God, is long-lasting deliverance. That when we come to church, the deliverance that we get here, we take home with us. We're not walking back home with the same attitude we came here with. We get delivered here and take it home. A lot of people didn't even know, and a lot of people still don't know it. And it's not... Uh, largely publicized, but a lot of people that have called themselves going to healing services got healed in the service only to find out that the the, uh, thing that they had came back. Why? Because they were hyped up for the moment to get the healing. But then later on, the symptoms and everything else they had came right back. Why? It was just for the moment. Because they wanted the healing so bad. They got it, but then lost it. They don't tell those stories, though. Amen. 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 Do me me a favor. Don't go to no healing service saying, I'm going here to get this. No, 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 no. Don't do that. You can get healed at home. You can get healed in your bed. You can get healed in your closet. You don't need Benny Hinn to lay hand on you to get healed. T.D. Jakes is not your healer. Your healer is Jehovah Rapha, the great I am, the Lord our God. Your healing is not in a man. 
Your healing comes from God. Your deliverance comes from God. Your empowerment comes from God. Your impartation comes from God, not from a man. Never look to a man and think that they can bring something to you. Oh, I'm going to see. I, I can't get it. I can't get it over at Pastor McHenry's church. So I'm going to go on out to D.D. Jake's church. And I know I'm going to get it there. Yeah, you might get a lot of things. See, if I know I ain't gonna, I'm not going to get this at Pastor Ingram's church, but if I go over here to Healing Temple, I'm going to get it at Healing Temple. Yes, I am. You go to Healing Temple and get more messed up than what you was before you went there. Mm. This was a powerful man of God. And both of them together, listen, listen to this very carefully. They were un, as powerful as they were in God. They were unsuccessful in turning the hearts of Israel back to God. And I have to tell you the truth. You may say, oh, that's not true. Read the word. Read the word. They were unsuccessful in bringing Israel back to God. As powerful as they were, as many miracles as they did. Oh, wait, wait a minute. Jesus did miracles. And still people didn't believe him. Jesus did miracles right in their face. And some of them even had the nerve to say, he does it by the spirit. of He's a father of demons. That's why he can do it. They call him Beelzebub. The prince of demons. While he was doing miracles. And, he, and Jesus looked at him and said, you, that's like, can I use a dopey idiot? How could Satan cast out Satan? A house divided against itself can what? Can that stand? That's simple logic. Satan's not going to cast his own self out. <laughs> Amen. Satan's, Satan's dumb enough to know that. No, that ain't going to happen. He's not going to do it. He just don't want us to know. God. Listen here. And to prove that God gave Elisha a double portion of what Elijah had, Eli, Elijah did seven miracles. And Elisha did 14. <laughs> Double portion. Tell somebody God can do it. Come on, say, I need a Lord, I need a double portion. Come on, say, Lord, I need a double portion. I need a double portion of your anointing. And what I love about it, and as God is speaking, as God has sent the angel to give Mary a message and notice that Gabriel was the same man who had spoke to Daniel over 500 years ago, but it's the same angel that comes and speaks to Mary and gives Mary a word that the Savior is coming in the world. Emmanuel. Being interpreted what? God with us. He's coming. And listen, Mary, he's coming through you. Because listen here, because Christ's going to be in you, you are blessed and highly favored. But you know what? I love it. I just read it again yesterday for I don't know how many times. But listen, it said thou art blessed and highly favored. But you know what else it said there that we got to read? It says the Lord is with you. See, when Christ is in you, and let me tell you something, Christ is in you through the person of the Holy Spirit. You know what that means? Because Christ is in you through the person of the Holy Spirit, that means you are blessed and highly favored. Listen, the Lord is with you. 
like the angel told Mary, fear not. Why? You are blessed and highly favored of the Lord. And guess what? The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among men. Blessed are you among women. Why? Jesus the Christ lives in you. And he's in you to birth the best out of you. All said with me, Christ is in me to birth the best in me. Say, I believe it in Jesus' name. Clap your hands to solidify it right now and say, it's done. Confirm it now in Jesus' name. Say, it's done. Say, it's done. Mm. It's done in the name of Jesus. Now, there's this one miracle that we're going to talk about here today that, that came through Elisha. The reason why the Lord led me to this is because he showed me the things that's going on in here. And I want you to take this topic. I want you to take this home. Say, say this. God wants to move. Change your attitude. See that? God wants to move. Change your attitude. See, when we say it, we're saying it to ourselves. You hear it? God wants to move. Change your attitude. For a lot of times, we're looking for things from God, but we don't want to change what we're doing in order to see what God is going to do. We want to continue the same and think that we can just get it because I'm blessed and highly favored. But sometimes it's our attitude, or all the time, it's our attitude that be in the way that keeps God from doing the things he wants to do in our life. Because our attitude is bad. We just got a bad attitude. Bad attitude about prayer. Bad attitude about being in church. Bad attitude about helping others out. A bad attitude about trusting God. Listen, a bad attitude about believing God. A bad attitude about what we're going through. We come to church and we smile, but we go home and we cry. Don't you know the praise you come with in here, you need to take home? Don't you know that the same dance you dance in here, you need to take home and do? Let me say something. You might be a phony if you just dance here. Because if I can dance here, I can dance at home. Amen? If I can bless God here, I can bless God at home. Coming here should not be the first time I lift up my hands in the week. Coming here should not be the first time I said, Lord, I thank you. Lord, I love you. I just waited until I get to, got to church to do that. No, no, something wrong. Something's wrong. God wants to move. Change your attitude. Amen? You go to the hospital. You talking about, I, I, I want to see, see people heal. I want to see people deliver. Change your attitude about it. Think different about it. I'm going there to lay hands on my brother or my sister. I'm believing God for a miracle. They called me up when Brother Nico was in the hospital. They said, it don't look good. You better get here as quick as you can. The doctor don't expect him to live. I said, what? I said, no. I said, he ain't leaving now. 
I got too much work for him to do. I said, the Lord has need of him. And when I came there, I didn't bring no Kleenex. No. And I saw many others when they came here, they were, when they came there, they were not talking about death. We came there talking life. We came there speaking life. We came there speaking live. And we spoke live in the atmosphere. That's what we did. You don't come there speaking deaf. You, you come there speaking deaf, you're going to get exactly what you speak. You're going to get what, according to your word, be it done unto you. According to your word. Watch what you say out of your mouth. You know, some of us have that habit of speaking out loud when we're thinking. Be careful. Be careful. The enemy's listening. Be careful. Be careful what you say. According to your word, be it done unto you. This Naaman, listen to him. Verse 1. Now Naaman, captain of the host of the king of Syria, was a great man with his master and honorable. Because by him the Lord had given deliverance unto Syria, he was also a mighty man in valor. He was, listen, but, but he was a leper. Listen to this. He was loved by his master. He was loved by the people. He was a mighty man, meaning he was strong in war. He was that man that if he, if he had to die, he just had to die. But he was a leper. You know, that's what a, a lot of us, some of us are good givers. Some of us come to church on time. Some of us are in Sunday school, but we got a porn problem. But we're not reading our word the way we should. This man was very rich. This man, listen, God had given him deliverance, and this was not even an Israelite. He was a Gentile who was coming against the northern kingdom of Israel because they were a godless nation. Israel was two kingdoms. It was split into two, the southern part and the northern part. The northern part had no godly kings in it at all through the whole generations of it. And the northern part was going down. This was the same people that Elijah and Elisha tried to get to come back to God, but they wouldn't. So what did God do? God allowed the Syrians, the ungodly, to go in. And start defeating them little by little. And they couldn't do nothing about it because God had took his hands. Of, he had started to take his hands of protection from them because they had forsaken him. And now he was going to forsake them. See, God don't forsake us unless we forsake him. Jesus said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. You're under grace. Jesus will never leave you nor forsake you. But listen, you can't forsake him and not see the blessings of God on your life. Hmm. But this man was being blessed. God was giving him deliverance and the Israelites were falling victim to his mighty valor. They were falling victim to him. And listen, he was defeating them and he was a leper. 
Now that says something about the people that God allows somebody who is a leper, who, who was supposed to be separated from people, who is supposed to be a, an outcast and not be among the nation. But because he's a Gentile, the Gentiles didn't work the way the Jews did. The Jews under God's law would have put him out the camp. But the Gentiles keep him in, and he's able to be around other people. And then God uses him to defeat his people because they wouldn't listen. Say it with me, I gotta listen. Say it with me, I gotta listen. Say it with me, I gotta be obedient. If you got taking notes, you need to write that down. Listen, obedient. Listen, obedient. What, what does most parents want from their children? To listen and to be what? Obedient. Let me tell you something. I told my kids, I said, listen, I said, you ain't going to have no problem out of me. I said, just listen and be obedient. I told, I told my son Isaiah in the car this morning, I said, you ain't never had to worry about me telling you get out. I said, just be respectful and be obedient. Amen. I said, but I'll never throw my, my sons out the house. I said, just be respectful and be, dis- be obedient. Now, you get disrespectful, you get disobedient. <laughs> Burn that contract up. I'm getting ready to tell you, get out. Amen? But when somebody, when your children are living with you and they're being respectful and obedient, God blesses respectful children. Amen? God blesses obedient children. This was a mighty man of God, and he had favor with his master. Listen, verse 2. And the Syrians had gone out by companies and had brought away captives of the land of Israel, a little maid, and she waited on Naaman's wife. Look at that. Already, God is allowing this, this, this people, the Syrians, to go into that nation, to go into Israel, to go into his people and defeat them. And he captured a maid of Israel and brought her into his house. And now she works as a slave for them. Wow. All because of disobedience. See, all that miracle God did with the fire, Israel forgot about it. See, you know what? That's bad when God moves and we forget about it. Amen. Amen. That's so terrible when God does something great and then we forget about it. And then hard times hit and we begin to act like God ain't never did nothing ever before for us. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Most, a lot of us here are guilty of it. And when hard times come, we forget that he did that, and he gonna take care of this. But we start looking at this and forget about that. Not realizing that the same God that did that, he gonna take care of this. But I gotta get my attitude right and know that God took care of me then. He's going to take care of me now. He will never leave me. He will not leave me where I am. He's still with me. I need to check my attitude on how I'm thinking in my situation. I need to change the way I'm looking at what's happening. God can't change that for me. That's up to me. 
The just shall live. The just shall live. Now faith is a substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. I got to see it if I'm going to see it. I can't wait till God show it to me. I got to see it before it comes. And I got to praise him now. And then see, even if I don't see it, I got to say, God, according to your word, be it done unto me. I'm healed. Thank you, Jesus. I'm delivered. Thank you, Jesus. I'm financially stable. Thank you, Jesus. My marriage is saved. Thank you, Jesus. My children will be saved. Thank you, Jesus. My grandchildren will be saved. Thank you. But you got to start saying it now. You can't wait till somebody saved and then say, see, I knew God was going to do it. No. You start saying it before it happens. That's faith. Faith sees it before and talks about it now as though it already is. See, because my God speak those things that be not. So according to God, the world is already done. According to God, people are already in hell. According to the word, we already in heaven. I should have some heavenly folks here blessing God because you have been blessed to sit in heavenly places. You have been blessed with God's riches. It's already done. Look and tell your neighbor, it's already done. Amen. You looking for something from God is already done. You got to have that mindset is already done. You got to start laughing about it before it gets here. You can't laugh when it comes. Laugh now. And say the devil is defeated now. You can't wait till I, I want, I'm going to wait till I see it. I, I, seeing it is believing it. You save. This whole salvation is based on faith. Everything we walk, we walk by faith. How you going to wait till you see it? You ain't going to never dance then. And you ain't going to never get it. Because according to your word, you want God to move? Change your attitude. Change what you're saying. Change what you're thinking and watch God move. Listen to this, verse 3. Listen, and listen, this is the maid speaking. And she said unto her mistress, would God, my Lord, were with the prophet that is in Samaria? For he would recover him of his leprosy. What? Now remember, y'all, this is Old Testament. He would recover him of his leprosy. That ain't never happened. Didn't you hear Miriam got leprosy? And she was the only one that was healed of it after seven days, though? And it was God who brought it upon her, and it was God who took it off her? And now you're trying to tell me that Naaman can be healed from leprosy? This is a slave girl talking about a prophet, a real man of God, that God uses through the double portion of the anointing that God put upon his life. That God can do something great through him for my master Naaman. But Naaman has to do something. 
Naaman has to go to him. <laughs> Say it with me. I got to go to God. Say it with your head lifted up. I got to go to God. Oh, say it to the Lord as your head's lifted up. Say, Lord, I'm coming to you for all of my needs. Listen, on her word, people started moving. According to her word, they believed her. They believed that there was a prophet in Israel that his God could do mighty things. They believed her word and they started acting based on her word. That's something now. Imagine that by this message that's preached this morning, you start looking to God based upon what the man of God said out of the word of God and you go to God for your needs. I'm telling you, your needs are going to get met. I'm telling you, you're going to feel better after this message. I'm telling you right now that your blessing is here. Matter of fact, it's in you for God is just not near. He's here. He's in you now to do exceeding and abundantly above all that you ask or think. His power is working in you through the person of the Holy Spirit and healing is in your body. A miracle is in your body. Right now, through Jesus Christ. Listen, listen, listen. They move on her word. Listen. Verse 5. And the king of Syria said, go. Go to, go, and I will send a letter to the king of Israel. And he departed and took with him 10 talents of silver, 6,000 pieces of gold, and 10 changes of raiment. Listen, the king's attitude, go, get your healing. Oh, Lord. Listen, the godless king's attitude was go, get your healing. As a matter of fact, I believe your healing is there. I'm going to give you a letter to the king to send you to where the prophet is so you can get your healing. And then, look, look how he backed it up. He gave him the rich things he had and said, go. Get your healing. How many came here to get your healing this morning? How many came here to get your joy back this morning? How many of you came here for your peace? I'm telling you now, it's here. It's in you now. It's here right now. It's here. According to your word, be it done unto you. And he left to go and get what, listen, the, based on her word, He didn't know Elisha. He didn't. But based on her word, he's moving. Ooh, tell your neighbor something's got to (laughs) happen. Tell him something's got to happen. See, sometimes we got to come to church with a spirit of something's got to happen. Something's got to break. Something's got to lose. Something has got to happen today because I need a blessing. I need a word from the Lord. It's got to happen. Today is my day. Not tomorrow. Today. Not next Sunday. Today it's my day. It's my day. I came here for it. 
I'm not leaving till I get it. I'm going to dance till I get it. I'm going to praise God till it fall down on me. Today, and say it, today's my day. Come on, say it, today is my day. Mm. Mm. Yeah, you do. Yo, the devil come at you with attitude. You know what his attitude is? Make you fall. Make you not believe God. Make you not trust God. That's his, his attitude is to bring you down no matter how he does it. You need to get an attitude with him. The devil is a liar. Hmm. Listen. Listen. Verse 7. And it came to pass when the king of Israel had... Now, now what I need y'all to see now, I need y'all to see the different attitudes. The young lady's attitude was, go to the prophet, you're going to get your healing. The king's attitude was, I'm going on based on what she said, so I'm going to give you the letters, go and get it. Naaman moves on the words he hears. He goes. Oh, that we would just move when we hear something from God. That we would not stand still and wait for somebody else to do it. That we would just move when we know what God already said. But you're going to stand there like, yeah, I don't know if God going to move. You're going to stand right there. and God going to move for somebody else. You know what happens when you don't be there on time for your train? What happens? What, what am I looking at? Wow. I missed it. Now I got to wait for what? I got to wait for the next season? Because I, 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 I missed my time. What's, when, when's the next one coming? Mm. Might not come. Jesus. Jesus. And it came to pass, the king of Israel had read the letter, and he rent his clothes and said, Am I God to kill and to make alive that this man does sin unto me? To recover a man of leprosy? Wherefore, consider, I pray, and see now how he seeketh a quarrel against me. Look at his attitude. It's all about me. He's got something against me. He wants to start a war. He wants to get mad at me for what I'm going to do. Uh, he wants to see how I'm going to react. I can't heal this man. He didn't come for you. He didn't come for you. He came for the man of God. Why are you worried about it when it's not for you? Amen? Amen? And he's worried about it, and he begins to get scared. He begins to realize he's angry because he's thinking that this king is trying to pick a fight with him or trying to do something, and, and he doesn't even realize that the king's heart was genuine, that Naaman's heart is genuine, that they really just want healing. That's all they want. 
You know, we talked about it last week, how people talk to you, you hear what they say, and instead of what they said, you make it all up in your mind, and now you got an attitude because of what you think they said, because you don't really understand what they said. Instead of saying, could you explain to me what you said? What did you mean by that? But now you mad at them? Stick out your hand. God bless you, Sister Martha. But you done passed Evangelist Hargit by. Now you're going to shake Sister Martha's hand like you done did something. And you done got an attitude. And, and, and now guess what? God won't move because you got an attitude. Love one another. Love thy neighbor as what? Saints, I was looking at it this week as I'm, I'm beginning to study love and I'm beginning to see this. Let me tell you something. You know why God tell us to love? Say why. I'm glad you asked. You know why God tells us to love? Because as good as you may think you are, there's some wrong in you. There's some faults in you. There's some flaws about you. And guess what? Guess what? If I love you, I'm going to love you over your faults. I'm going I'm going to love you over your flaws. Because guess what? God looked beyond my faults and he saved me cuz he saw my needs. That's what love does. Love looks over the mistakes you made and loves you anyhow. It love overlooks your errors and says, you know what? I'm just going to love you for who you are in spite of you not being perfect like me. Because see, if you were like me, I could love you more. Come on, excellent ones. You know who you are. Listen, verse 8. And it was so. Listen, when Elijah, the man of God, what did he do? What did he do? He He heard. That's all he did. He heard. That the king of Israel had rent his clothes, that he sent to the king saying, wherefore hast thou rent thy clothes? Don't you know how much money your clothes cost? You ain't got to rent your clothes. They didn't come here for you. You done took it personal. Your trials, you done took personal. Your tests, you done took personal. Now you mad at God. You got an attitude towards God, but you're scared to say it. And God is not going to move till your attitude change. And when your attitude change, God moves. When your attitude change, the blessings come down. When your attitude change, your situation change. Your situation may not change, but you can change in your situation. Your circumstance may not change, but you can change in your circumstance. I'm almost finished. Listen, listen. And it was so... When Elijah, the man of God, heard that the king of Israel had rent his clothes, he sent to the king, saying, Wherefore hast thou rent thy clothes? Let him come now to me, and he, and he shall know that there is a prophet in Israel. He's telling the king, listen, 
God is about to do something great. Get ready, get prepared for it because God is about to move because I am a man of God with the promised double anointing and the man that's coming to me with what he had, God's about to change it. But you got to come here with the right frame of mind. You got to come to God with that frame of mind. Because listen what happens. Listen what happens. So Naaman came with his horses and his chariots and stood at the door of the house of Elijah. And Elijah sent a messenger unto him saying, listen, listen, listen. He didn't go out to him. This can be a problem. This can be a problem. You know, like when you're looking for a phone call for me and then pass the call? This can be a problem. I thought Bishop was going to call me. Or when you get a phone call from me and you was looking for Pastor, I, I thought Pastor was going to call me. Or, or when Sister Maria calls you and you thought Joe was going to call you, why Joe can't call me? He got a problem with me? What does it matter? Somebody called you. Pick up the phone and say, praise God. Amen? See, the point here is that we want what we want when we want it exactly the way we want it. That's what we're about to see here. Listen to this. Watch this. And Elijah sent a messenger unto him saying, go and watch in Jordan seven times. Listen, and thy flesh shall come again to thee and thou shalt be clean. Write this down. Follow the instructions. Write it down. Follow the instructions. Amen. Let me tell you something. On your laundry detergent, there are instructions on there on what to do. Don't just go get a coffee cup and pour the detergent in there and then pour it in the machine with your clothes. And then you wonder why all your clothes are shredded when you take it out. Because you didn't read the instructions. On everything, there are instructions. And the prophet gave Naaman simple instructions. That's all. How many know we don't take instructions well? How many know imperfect, imperfect sinners don't take instructions well? Come on, just admit it. Say, I don't take instructions well. See, the prophet knows Naaman can get healed. But see, your healing comes by way of you following the instructions. But a lot of times, instead of us following the instructions, we go against the instructions given. Or we don't want to do what the instruction says, but then we still expect healing. We still expect deliverance. We still expect the blessing. But we're not following the instructions. Listen to what happened. Listen to what happened. But Naaman was wroth and went away. He's throwing his healing away. He's leaving and said, behold, I thought surely he will come out unto me and stand and call on the name of the Lord God and strike his hand over the place and recover the leper. What did he want? He wanted it the way he wanted it. But I know nobody here is like that. I know y'all not like that. Y'all don't want it the way y'all want it. 
Y'all strictly, strictly seeking the will of God, right? <laughs> Naaman was looking for him to come out and say, go. And no, he sent a messenger. Didn't even come out himself. He sent a messenger. And now Naaman's like, who is this? Does he not know who I am? See, how many see what just happened? His attitude changed just that quick because he didn't get it the way he wanted it. And most of us in here are not, a lot of us are not getting the things of God that's rightfully ours because we have an attitude that we want it the way we want it. See, Lord, I want this church filled. I want it filled now. You know what the truth of the matter is? And I was telling Sister Laverna last week, let me tell you something. God blesses in this church more when there's a little people than when there's a lot of people because the bills are paid. Last week, we had the smallest crowd we had in a long time. But guess what? We had the biggest offering. Why? Because God don't bless through crowds. He blessed through the faithful ones. God blessed through the obedient ones. He don't need a crowd. He proved that through Gideon. He got rid of the big army and used just a few people and defeated an army. Because God don't move the way you think he should. I've seen this place packed and often come up $30. What? What? What about all them people? All the people mean nothing. That's right. That's right. What means something is the faithful givers. What means something are those that really love the Lord. And I have seen it too many times with the smaller crowd, the church gets more. I said, Lord, what is this? What God's trying to tell me? He's trying to tell me I don't need what you think you need to get things done. That's it. Hmm. Listen, listen. Verse 12, and we almost finished. Are not a banner, are for par rivers of Damascus better than all the waters of Israel? May I not wash in them and be clean? So he turned and went away in rage. My God. He was about to forfeit his blessing. Listen, listen, listen. Very quickly. And his servants came. Listen. His servants came. How many know God has sent somebody to remind you? Listen, his servants came and came near and spake unto him and said, My father, if the prophet had bid thee to do some great things, wouldst thou have done it? How much rather then when he said to thee, Wash and be clean? In other words, Don't look at what he's asking you to do. Follow what he's telling you. Follow the instructions. Stop thinking about it. And I've been telling y'all this for years. Stop thinking about it. Do what God said. Because the more you think about it, the devil going to talk you out of it. Because the more you think about it, the more it becomes illogical to you. The more you think about it, the more it becomes stupid. Because sometimes following God doesn't make sense. I'm sorry. All the time, following God don't make sense. 
because his instructions are odd. His instructions are strange, but they're good. And they're going to bring you and me to the place we need to be if we just follow the instructions. Come on, say it again. Follow the instructions. Say it again. Follow the instructions. Say it louder. Follow the instructions. Then went he down and dipped himself seven times in Jordan according to the saying of the man of God and his flesh again like came back again like unto the flesh of a little child and he was clean. When he did it God's way, God gave him exactly what he came for. If he had left, he would have never got it. God sent you here. Don't leave because he's got something great for you. And you're going to get it. If you stay here, don't get angry. Amen. Stay. God's going to bless you for it. I'm not speaking of just in this church. I'm saying stay in the will of God. Stay in the plan of God. Stay in the purpose of God. And as you begin to walk and as you begin to go on, you're going to get exactly what you came for. Stand. Stand up. Come on and stand up. It's all in the instructions. Look around, tell your neighbor, tell them, follow the instructions. Follow the instructions of God. Saints of God, we have a bad habit of trying to get it outside of the will of God. And God is telling us, you got to get it this way. And see, God's not going to change. He's going to keep the way he is. And unless we follow what he says, we won't get what he has. How many understand that? Getting what God has depends upon you following the instructions of his word. And God is going to send down, he's going to allow exactly what he said to come to pass in your life. But you got to follow the instructions. God wants to move. Change your attitude. He wants to move in your home. He wants to move in your marriage. He wants to move on your job. He wants to bring you higher and closer to him. But unless you change your attitude, you'll never see it. It'll always pass you by. You got to change the way you're looking at it. You got to change the way you see it. And when you change what you're seeing and see what God has for you, then you have exactly what God says. But it's all in your attitude. I'm sorry, y'all may be tired of me hearing. You might be maybe tired of hearing it, tired of me saying it. But saints, wrong attitudes keep people back. Wrong attitudes lead people in the wrong direction. God is leading you this way, and because of your attitude, you're going that way. You're going opposite of where God sent you. How do you expect to get what God wants you to get if you don't go the way God tells you to go?
be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. You will reap what you sow. What are you saying? Close your eyes. Lift up your hands with me. Close your eyes. Lift up your hands with me. You're not going to get anything from God until your attitude changes. We're going to have a repenting service here right now, right where you are standing. I don't know what your attitude is about. I don't know in what area of your life your attitude is totally wrong. But I do know one thing, that if you change your attitude, the blessings of God will begin to show up in your life. The deliverance that you're looking for, the help you've been looking for, will show up in your life once you change your attitude. We need to repent and ask for forgiveness now, right now where you are. You know the area in your life where you have had a bad attitude. Just begin to ask God for forgiveness for it right now. Begin to ask God for forgiveness for it right now. You know, you know the area. You don't even have to tell me. You know where it is, where your attitude is totally wrong, totally out of accord with God's word. It's not according to God's doing. Now that you have asked God for forgiveness, now let's repent and change that attitude. We can start changing it now. We can start now. We got to start somewhere. Let's start right here now. It can be changed right now by submitting unto God for change. Father, we thank you. Lord, we bless you. We give you glory and honor right now. Father, we thank you for you are mighty. We thank you for you are good. We thank you, God, that you are doing great and marvelous things and you will do exceeding and abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. Father, we thank you right now that Mary believed you according to your word and because of what your angel said unto her, she received the seed, Jesus Christ in her body. Father, I believe that your people will receive what they believe in you for right now. If they will begin to believe according to your word and change their attitude to see this great move that you're about to do. Father, we thank you for the seats being filled in this assembly. We thank you, God, for the help that we need in this church. We thank you for the upstairs being fixed and repaired. We thank you now for the mighty things that you're going to do, how the dead will raise, how the blind will see, how the lame will walk and the dumb will talk. We thank you for the miracles that's going to go forth in this house. We speak it now in Jesus' name. We thank you now for the praises that's going to go forth in each and everyone's home. The worship that's going to go forth. How marriages are going to be strengthened, oh God. Relationships strengthened. Mothers and children strengthened. Fathers strengthened with their children. We thank you for being empowered, for you imparting into us the strength that we need. And we bless you now. We thank you for these things, oh God. Lord, we see ourselves as naming that you're cleaning us right now. Father, you're cleaning us. May we be whole and may we be clean and be holy before you. And we thank you for all these things that you're doing now, even now in our lives. We thank you even now. Begin to praise God like you got it. Because you do. Begin to give God praise for the blessing right now. 
Begin to give God praise for the blessing right now. Come on and bless the Lord that you have it now. You have it now in the name of Jesus. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you. In everything, give thanks. Thank you for my needs being met, oh God. Thank you for my needs being met. Thank you, oh God, for your blessings. I believe you now. I believe you now. It's done. Tell somebody it's already done. Tell them it's already done. Smile about it. Say it's already done. Smile. Say it's already done. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Come on and give God a hand praise. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. Give God glory. Give him honor. Give him praise. God bless you. We love you.